This week, we are doing our holiday mailbag, and all I got to say is, uh, you horny spider monkeys need to find Jesus. <laughs> because uh, just a few ground rules for this, Sarah has not seen these questions. Oh, um, they are almost universally directed to her. Great. <laughs> so uh, what do you anticipate? You know, as always, uh, one time uh, a friend of mine and I was getting involved or familiar, I suppose, with the kink community, uh, described it uh, as an island of misfit toys and never has anything been more of an accurate descriptor. And I imagine that the Venn diagram overlap here is more of a circle than even an egg, you know? Uh, I, I mean, I cannot, I cannot disagree with that based on... Uh, the, the questions that we received and I want to say that like I had to scrub I like the horniest and dirtiest ones are not being included here because they are not fit Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ Matthew <laughs> who listen no judgment I'm not yucking anyone's yum mm-hmm. but also take a cold shower you fucking weirdos <laughs> This is this is basically where we're starting off. Um. Um, I know that normally we're we're for mailbag episodes we don't do what are you eating and what's eating you, but I have to say, okay, um, this is the day that the Lord has made, and by the Lord I mean the Dark Lord, because he came up from the bowels of hell and he grabbed old Henry Kissinger after his hundred year contract mm. with the devil was over, dragged that motherfucker back to hell. And uh, as with Rush Limbaugh, which on this program, I did drink an entire bottle of Brut Rosé um, on the air. I have prepared, because I was working all night last night. I had a 15-hour day yesterday. Please buy my products, metalhoney.com, M-A-T-A-L-H-O-N-E-Y.com. Um, <clears throat> and while I was working, I decided to chop up some lemongrass. And as one of my products, I already juice uh, ginger. So I end up with a bunch of just like ginger liquid. Mm essence um mm. so i put the little bit a couple tablespoons of the ginger juice in with the lemongrass and then i packed sugar on top of it and uh, made a simple syrup that is ginger mm. and lemongrass so tonight we'll be having a french 75 with uh, uh lemongrass and ginger simple better known as a dead kissinger <laughs> i love it that's fantastic yeah uh everyone you can you can you can join in uh at home Yes. Uh, because you'll still be dead when this episode airs. Still be dead today, tomorrow, and every day. Fuck a diamond. Get me dead Henry, Henry Kissinger all day, every day. I want that motherfucker set as a solitaire. All the stairs at Schnooks, as my mom's old. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you not from uh, the Midwest, Schnooks is a grocery store chain. Oh, sorry. Uh, yes. That's correct. Um, in uh, like St. Louis and other places. Uh, also, if you get an opportunity, the jeweler that I'm talking about is named Bob Goldman, and he works out of his family-owned pawn shop in Evansville, Indiana. I think I've talked about them on the air before. It is one of the coolest places that you'll ever go, not just because the, they've been down uh, in downtown Evansville for literally a hundred goddamn years. Um, I need you to know 
that they have all of this historic jewelry. They know all the stories. These are all like actual gemologists and the funniest people that you'll ever meet. So please, if you're in Evansville, go to Goldman's Pawn Shop and get a beautiful piece of vintage jewelry uh, very, very inexpensively. Lovely. (laughs) All right. So we are going to start off very simply with this one. And these are, I mean, I have to say, uh, I have quickly realized uh, with this mailbag episode exactly where I stand in the pecking order among uh, our listeners. Um, (laughs) So... So it starts off innocuous. Mm. I'm just going to say, we're going to start off very, very simple. Mm -hmm. And this is from multiple listeners. Um, And they said, uh, they asked you very simply, Sarah, what would you like for Christmas this year? Oh, boy. Uh, Well, you know, the standard list, no more lives torn apart and wars would never start and time would heal all hearts, of course. Uh, materially though, um, boy, this makes me feel like I've conquered capitalism, doesn't it? Cause I can't think yeah. of any object off the top of my head that would like significantly improve my place in life. So this is an excellent answer folks. Um, cause at that point you can just invest in experiences that you can share with other people. Yeah. And that's really what makes you happy. Yeah. Uh, You know, how about this? Uh, I'm going to start a new thing because I don't uh, know how to say no to myself. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm going to start a new little guy and their cake kits uh, where you decorate an edible terrarium. So the end result looks like a little shovel full of like forest floor. Uh, Mm -hmm. I hope people fucking like them because they're really fun to make. And to put them on display, I have to make one, which is like the best possible like devil's handcuff um uh gosh you know um wow so uh listener i thought i smelled bad on the outside uh had an addendum to this question which was because i have a present for you in my pants (laughs) oh come on (laughs) so i just want to say everyone else kept it uh pg Except for uh, I thought I smelled bad on the outside. Oh, by the way, excellent uh, Tauntaun and Star Wars reference. Um, who uh, had to make it horny? Gotta make um, it. You know, listen. Here's the thing. Uh, the irony of presenting pants presents, as it were, uh, is that it's kind of like starting to tell a joke by saying it's really fucking funny. Even if you're right, at that point you're already a prick. So like. Uh, in the same way that every guy that I've ever dated who had a huge old schlonger donger made a joke about it being small, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, no one has ever been like, I got a present in my pants for you and ever, ever left me wishing that I hadn't just like put an order in on GoPuff and save myself the time and calories. Yeah. Uh, by the way, for those of you who are looking for a truly excellent present um, for your grandparents, there's a book called Double Header uh, about a man who has two gigantic penises. Uh, and, yeah. The setup and the payoff was exquisite, I have to say. Thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, th- that's what I'm here for. So. <laughs> 
now we're going to dive <laughs> into the real, um, I guess, meat of this episode, uh, so to speak. So we get a lot of openly horny, but kind of also existential questions. Interesting. So the first question is, what does Santa's penis look like? Oh, great question. And what would make Santa come? <laughs> wow. Oh, <clears throat> well. And this is from an anonymous. They did not provide a name. You know, I'm of two minds about this, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like fantasy and reality, right? Like mm-hmm. who is Santa really versus who is Santa in our fantasies? <laughs> And the Santa of reality is a person who eats a lot of animal fat and simple carbohydrates <laughs> and spends a lot of time indoors. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dude has metabolic disorder, faux show. Sure. He's got himself a big old hard belly. His A1C is out of control, right? Mm-hmm. Like Mrs. Claus is trying, but how much vegetables can you really get to the North Pole? Oh, that's a really good point. I didn't think about the logistics of Logi- that. <laughs> I was just going to say, logistically, in terms of nutrition, a nightmare. Uh, So the reality is that he has atherosclerosis and metabolic disorder, and his penis hasn't worked in years. We all know Mm. that, right? That's reality. Fantasy, I prefer, when I'm imagining my fantasies, they nine out of ten times are going to take the shape of a 70s gay porn. If you saw both of my partners, you'd be like, wow. You really have a back of the magazine seventies dude mag kind of type, and boy howdy do I! Uh, <laughs> but in that one, my guys hang in just mm. summer sausage down there. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like if he stood in the right way, it's a it's a it's a kickstand uh, <laughs> in that reality. Actually, no, I take that back. He has a cock like uh, my former partner, lovely man, Derek, um, who is just, it's just cocaine it up down there. It's just a big old fat cock, like a, like a, not a particularly long cock, but a big fat cock, veiny. But that's assuming that he has like a kind of um, man of the woods, Ron Swanson-esque sort of barrel chest, you know, a meso, a mesomorphic, if you will. I do love the idea of him having, like, the dictionary definition of chode. (laughs) Yeah, like, it just looks like a a big proud hood ornament on his balls, really, more like when he's soft. So I thought about this quite a bit, and I've come to the conclusion that Santa's penis must be the exact, must look exactly like a candy cane. (laughs) And we know that that's not usable. So the way you get him ready, you know, like when you suck on the end of a candy cane and it gets like, like a shiv. Yes. <laughs> right. Familiar. It's like dangerous. Yes. You have to do that. So you have to get the entire wow. hooked part out. Right. And get it into that like, uh, yeah, that like knife like hardness. So no one actually wants to have sex with Santa Claus because it's like being stabbed repeatedly yeah. in the cervix with a giant candy cane. Ah. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why he has isolated himself in the North Pole. I, I mean, almost certainly. By the way, for women who don't know, uh, if, if you're um, like a dick girl, um, a girl who likes dicks, I should say, dick girl is an entirely separate thing. Um, did you know that dicks, when you're when guys are sick or or I mean, we all know about coal, we all know about shrinkage. Mm-hmm. 
But when you're sick, also, they can, like, <laughs> retract into your body out of, like, fear and illness. And <laughs> the stories <laughs> men have told me about being sick and their dicks, like, going inside their bodies because their bodies are just, like, absolutely not. We will yes. not be breeding in this <laughs> In this this economy? Um, (laughs) You are so fascinating, I'm just saying. And hilarious. So thank you for that question. Uh, Anonymous user, uh, anonymous listener, um, like, this was something that I'm sure we have all pondered (laughs) at one point or another. So we are happy to give the definitive answer here. Santa has a ridiculous chode. And uh, or he has a candy cane that will savage you from the inside. Yeah, or or he's just kind of a standard uh, older Midwestern person, and and his dick hasn't yeah. functioned in a long time. So now he and has. He, guns. Ha- he hasn't seen it. It don't work. <laughs> so he doesn't need to see it. That would just be depressing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the next one is actually I don't know. It's not sexual, but it is weird. So that's why I included it. Great. So, uh, this is from listener, uh, April is a month. True. Um, uh, what do elves taste like if you grind them up? Oh, great question. Oh yeah. Great. I love this. I love this question. Um, because my first thought is, you know, easy peasy, we're going suckling pig, right? We're going like 20 pounds or smaller. We're going, it's, it's tender. It's going to be like pretty low flavor, flavor profile. Here's what I want to know. Do elves ossify like turkeys? Like if you eat an older one, are you going to have like stringy bits all in your teeth? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I would think so. I think, I think the answer to that is yes. I would imagine. Hmm. I would imagine they are. They are meat, but it comes out as like British mincemeat. Like it's like it's it is flesh, but somehow it tastes like spiced sugared raisins and dried fruit. I think okay, one hundred percent. This is the correct answer. <laughs> I love this answer. <laughs> but it also has like the suppleness of like veal, you know, like mm-hmm. oh. Mm. Now this is. This is a terrible mailbag because all I want to do is see Santa Claus's dick and eat an elf. Like this is not helpful with any of my sort of broader universal curiosity. But yeah, I think that they're spicy. I think that they're like baking spices, spicy mm. and sweet and caramely. Like I feel like the elf metabolism has to be particularly running hot. God forbid they get locked out, right? Uh so I would imagine it, it imparts the sweetness of the flesh with sort of a caramelized, sort of a Maillard reaction flavor. It's a bit of a black strap molasses without quite so much of the iron mineral profile. See, this is the answer you get to ridiculous questions for someone who is like in the food industry and is like taking this goddamn seriously and giving you everything she's got. Because that is a fucking 10 out of like... 15 out of 10 answer here, right? Because now not only do I feel like I know the answer, I want to hunt down an elf (laughs) and present it to her for preparation. Oh, I really want, if, if our podcast did send Christmas cards, 
I would really like it for me to be you and me standing in all whiteout, like survival hunting gear with whiteout, like scoped rifles and just holding up like our, our elf prizes, just like dead elves. You know what I mean? Like the way they hold up like slack rabbits, you know? Yup. Uh, also, um, we could, we could make a, maybe a filter for people's like uh, dating profile pictures. So instead of dead fish, they're holding dead elves. Uh- Merry Christmas. Happy holidays from the <laughs> Arctic Elf Hunting Club. Exactly. It's shotgun season. <laughs> <laughs> it's only seven days long. You know, bow hunting season's longer. The tags are limited. Listen, mm-hmm. don't bag anything unless you're positive it's a buck. I'm just saying. <laughs> And we can have an entire. That's a little Midwest hunting humor for everybody who grew up (laughs) adjacent to the country out there. They have. Oh, by the way, also where I grew up in um, in uh, suburban slash rural New York, like also lots of lots of deer hunting. Um, But you know, because uh, it's rural, it's rural, but not that rural. You weren't allowed to use guns, so everyone. (laughs) You just saw these like fucking like bougie ass motherfuckers with these ridiculous composite um, like bows, like that cost like fifteen thousand dollars. Yep. <laughs> Running around in the woods, and you're like, "What?" Like my favorite was I saw a guy, so like three guys get out of a Prius. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are they hunting deer? Are they planning to strip yeah. the deer? <laughs> And they pull out, like, bows for each of them. And then they went out into the woods to hunt deer. I'm like, yep, they're going to strap that goddamn deer to this Prius, and it's going to be amazing. This is heroic thinking. This reminds me so much of my partner that a couple times I've passed a fresh deer and almost texted him the pinpoint location so we could go, like, get some meat off it. Uh I also cannot get over... By the way, if you ever get an opportunity, like, archery is cool as fuck. Like, I got into it through an ex-boyfriend and and shoot just, like, recreationally, like a traditional recurve bow, which is, like, you know, what you Mm -hmm. see in the movies. But these compound bows... So, what is so funny is, like, rich people are so predictable in their capacity to find the most expensive carbon fiber version of X. And it's always carbon fiber, right? Like, it's always, like... (laughs) Three thousand dollar racing bike, five thousand dollar, you know, whatever it is. But these mm-hmm. compound bows are so cool. And you could build up like eighty pounds of pressure with like the lightest little pull on the string, and then you get what's called a little string release, and it's just a trigger where, just like a gun, it just releases the string more like neatly than uh, your finger does. So, I mean, it sounds like a great. It sounds like great fun. I'm jealous of everybody out bow hunting in New York. One hundred percent, and like hilarious intersection with k-pop so there is basically an olympics of k-pop every year where they all compete in various events um athletic events and archery is one of them hell yeah and for those of you who know anything about korea archery is very popular in korea so these idols can fucking shoot they're cool. They're also uh, so whenever you when you watch videos of like the world championships championships of uh, archery or like international competitions, like the top third is always Korean kids, and I mean Korean kids. Like they wear their like cool pants and they wear their like cool shirt. They have like their funky hairdo and like 
these are like cool kids who also can just land an arrow in the middle of, of a bullseye from like a hundred yards. It's- I know, it's amazing. And I, I mean, for those of you who, who really want to see this, is go to just basically go to YouTube and you'll find all of the videos and you'll see a variety of idols, you know, doing sports and then like doing judo against each other. And it's like, and they are good. Like they are good. It is very impressive. So yeah. basically not only are they better looking and can sing and dance, but they can also kick your ass. <laughs> they, they could hunt you for sport if that's how the tide turned. Exactly. In a post-apocalyptic world, they will still thrive. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine like a post-apocalyptic tribe of K-pop stars who are also like, you know, MI5, like trained, you know what I mean? Just like the most terrifying group of like, they're shooting stuff, they're beating the shit out of people, and they're gorgeous. I know, and they're gorgeous. (laughs) So all I have to say is there's a, there's like, you know, there's manga, which was like Japanese anime. Uh There's manhwa are the uh, Korean versions Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of them very popular online. I just have to say, that's the next Man Wine K drama. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, we, you're, you're welcome. Um, it's not free, also. Uh, if you want to use the idea, it, it, it belongs to the podcast. So uh, you have to call us. Um, <laughs> okay, so moving on. Uh, <laughs> so moving on, we are now getting into the real thick of it. Um, now we're getting into the thick of it after Santa's fucking cock. Okay. <laughs> well, we are we are back on the Santa train, so to speak. Um, so, uh, so, <laughs> uh, so this is from uh, listener. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Great. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's maybe my favorite question of all time. Uh, it's. What do you have to put out to get Santa to put out? Oh, fantastic. Oh, my God. So good. Mm-hmm. So good. Okay, here's, here's, here's the question, right? Like, what kind of weirdo is Santa, right? Yes. Like, so, Matt, what kind of weirdo do you think Santa is? Like, what's, what are Santa's kinks? Uh, breaking and entering. <laughs> I honestly think Christmas is just a big sex thing for him. Oh, voyeurism. He's just like king voyeur of all voyeurs of all time. Like, he's yep. making a list and checking it twice, sure. And it's an excuse to look in people's houses. He's like looking at the kids like, yep, shitty kids. Same year, same as always. And then he goes and watches your parents fuck. Mm. And I think the reason why if you're naughty, you get coal is that that's what his cum is. Oh, no. <laughs> No. <laughs> He's like, no, this is what I rubbed out while you were being naughty. Here you go. Oh my God. What if like, what if that is just how come actually like transformed over your <gasps> lifetime? Like it started off like liquid and white. It just became hard pelleted black rocks as you got older and older. It's like uh, the belt in martial arts <laughs> starts off. <laughs> Only when you have earned the strong enough ejaculation muscles will you be challenged as God's bravest warrior with, with cold cum. Yep. I'm just saying. Checks out. <laughs> so so what would you have to leave 
out for Santa oh than to get God. him to go to your room and be like, hey. I feel like, once again, like, I feel like Santa is one of those dudes that, like, they can fuck, but if they actually want to get off, like, <clears throat> like, I dated a guy who could fuck for a long time, but when he wanted to come, he actually needed, like, just ball licking. That's it. He would jerk himself mm. off, lick his balls. That was, like, kind of the only way he could come. And I feel like Santa's exactly like that, mm. where it's, like, he wouldn't actually fuck but, like, he'd, like, weirdly stand in the doorway and jerk off with the array <laughs> of fleshlights that you left out for him. But, like, uh, that would be as much as you could expect from Santa. Mm. And actually, I do think his cum is, um, like, movie snow. Like, it's just, like, styrofoam <laughs> snow that just, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why we always have a white Christmas. Goddamn right. He's just, like... So... You need to get him to know that if he goes to your bedroom, he will see something. Yes. Yeah. Like. So, so you should leave out like the nanny cam, like a nanny cam, put one in your bedroom yes. so he can. Ah. Yes. I think this is exactly the way to go. Like, I think, I think Santa's a voyeur. All he cares about is like being like bearing witness to like people's private moments. And I think if I'm going down this, if I've dated this guy and I think I have, uh, he's actually infinitely more interested in, like, not being observed. Like, he's not somebody mm -hmm. who, like, gets off on, like, us making eye contact, like, while mm -hmm. we're both doing this dirty thing. Mm -hmm. He's, like, he gets off on, on, on thinking that you don't know he's there. I love that. The thing is, here, you have to leave it out in a way. <laughs> I do love this idea. Like, you leave out the nanny cam. It has to look like an accident. Correct. You know, and then he'll see it, and then he's like, oh, I'll see what's going on there. You have to make sure your partner doesn't know. That's correct. Yeah. You need to maintain this illusion. Like, yeah. you know, oh, I like this. And then when you feel the looming presence in the doorway, you can't react. That's correct. That's exactly yeah. right. That's how you'll know is, yeah, uh, yeah it, it'll be a looming doorway presence. But that's it. Like, it's just yeah. like, that's it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, after he's done, then you'll just be fresh snow. And you're just like, it really is a white Christmas. <laughs> also, I think ho, ho, ho is like much closer to what Santa actually sounds like when he comes. Like, I think it's like a ho, 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 Like, you know, the old man come when it's like, it, it's like short, you can hear it shortening their life for like, you know, <laughs> like a couple of hours. Yeah. yeah, you you hear uh, like the energy, like the life force, like leaving their body, right. like audibly, and like transferring into their trophy wife. Maybe that's why, <laughs> right? Maybe that's how that actually works. Like the like the May December thing. Oh, I mean, from my experience, it's absolutely how it works. So you know, I'm more alive than ever. <laughs> So thank you, uh, listener. Oh my God. Um, that was thought provoking and also probably wound up not the way most people <laughs> anticipated uh, when this question uh, was first posed. Uh, Incredible. <laughs> um, so this next one I think is uh, perhaps the most feminist um, and <laughs> of the questions posed so far. Um, and it's, uh, <laughs> it's from listener Madam Overy, um, Great. which is 
10 out of 10, no notes. Um, So the question is, if Mrs. Claus were looking to collect on the life insurance she's clearly taken out on Santa, how would she murder him in a way that would look like an accident? Perfect. First of all, first of all, yeah, I love this question with all four chambers of my heart. Uh, I can tell you what I would do. I would. Okay. Mm. Mm. This is all purely hypothetical. Just... Purely hypothetically. Yeah. Uh, I would start dosing his evening <laughs> beverage with some sort of caffeine product, keeping mm-hmm. him awake late into the mm-hmm. night. Mm. So he would say, I'm, I am having trouble sleeping. And I would say, you know, they make medication for stuff like that. And then oh, smart. Santa gets on, uh, you know, your, your, uh, what's the one that makes you sleepwalk? Ambien. Ambien, right? He gets his Ambien. He maybe his Trazodone. Uh, uh, I'd, Ambien would be ideal for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. Uh, but then once, once we get him on the Ambien, you got to stab him. Well, here's the hard part. You're going to have to stab him with something blunt because mm. what you're going to do is you're going to get that motherfucker out in the barn and you're going to stab him with something <laughs> blunt. And then after he bleeds and dies, you got to get one of the reindeer out and you got to stick one of their horns into the stab hole. Oh. And then you got to get as as much blood off of yourself as humanly possible. But you don't have to get it all because, right, you were you were touching your loved one. You were doing what anybody, what any normal person would do. You found him. Yeah. And you say, I don't know what happened. He's been on Ambien. He's been sleepwalking. You have the receipts to prove that he has been prescribed Ambien. Uh, caffeine is naturally occurring. You could have it in your house. If they yeah. drug tested him for any residual caffeine, you just say, like, it's his morning coffee. What the fuck? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh and then I would say, I don't know what he was doing. Um, if I wanted, if I was mad at him, then I would, I would continue to humiliate him. I would pull his pants down. Uh, but that's just, um, like, I, would go, I, mean, I don't know what he was, I don't know what he was, what that fucking pervert was doing out here in the barn with these reindeer. And well, um, it makes sense why the reindeer would, you know, you know, yeah, that's, you know, if they were going, they've never turned on him before, but if they were going to, it's because he is being, what else? A creepy little perv. So that's what I would do. Blunt object stabbing uh, frame a reindeer. I love that. What about you? Uh, I think that the start of this plan is brilliant. You get him on the Ambien. I would give it a little time to see where, where he sleepwalks to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's possible that, so I had a friend uh, who went on Ambien and uh, in the middle of their sleep just walked out of their house into the middle of the road. Yep. Right. And at that point, it's just a matter of time. If you're if you're unaware of this phenomenon, by the way, look up people's Ambien stories because they do the wildest shit. We're talking about people who wake up behind the wheel driving on the interstate. Yep. Uh, that person also to get out of the house kicked down the door they happen to be like a third degree black belt and they fucking just beat the shit out of that door until it fell over (laughs) all dead asleep right oh my god (laughs) sleepy Hulk strength yeah I'm just saying that like it's perfectly reasonable that Santa might get behind the, the wheel of oh, the wheel might, you know, take a ride in the sleigh. <laughs> and at that point, like, 
that thing fucking flies. Like, anything could happen. Oh, incredible. You yeah. know, so, and it is a private industry, too. So, like, she could just blame, you know, lowest bid contract slay maintenance. He just, that motherfucker just falls out. I'm just saying, you know, and, you know, most of the time Santa's magic. And so he doesn't have to worry about that. But I bet when he's sleepwalking on Ambien, that magic is, you know, not at its peak performance. It's all plausible. I'm just saying. Man's yeah. uh, uh, one at most. And also, you know, Mrs. Claus, they live a long time. So you you take out that life insurance policy and you just wait. You're just patient about it. That's right. You make sure that it's not in, in, in you know, that it was years or decades ago that you took out this policy. You fucking forgot it even existed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just saying. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that question. Thank you so much. Um, see, this is sorry, Madam Overy. Thank you so much uh, for the lovely question. It's Perfect. it's truly excellent. This next one is a little more practical. Okay. A little more practical. Um, it's from listener My Sleigh Bells Jingle. Great. Um, which is gross. Um, <laughs> it is just gross. And it's uh, kind of in theme. It's how much mistletoe do I need to put out to force the other person to fuck me? Whoa, whoa. Number one, we don't force to fuck here. We don't. That's not. I'm don't. just I'm leaving. I'm capturing the original spirit of it. Yep. 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 Listen. Fuck mistletoe. Have you tried uh, cash money? Have you tried hanging <laughs> bandit sacks from the ceiling? Uh, because listen, it, hmm. it's 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 hard out here for some pimps. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and when I think about the things that make me horny, uh, yeah, I, like the object-wise, cash. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, you know, if you're if you're a person fucking a lady and it's wintertime, uh, hang up some warm socks just around, just like get yourself a binder clip, you know, P- put them in pairs, make sure they're nice and then just leave them around. And she says, oh, this is so cozy. Uh, and then 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 you fuck. Uh, <laughs> just pictures of Harry Styles. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's the coldest time of the year. Um Skip, baby, it's cold outside. Still kind of a weird song. Um, Super weird song. Also, um, if she is not into it, then I would say, come into your hand. Uh, that's what I would say. Mm. I mean, you, you just need to mark her. So come in your hand and then smear it on her when she's not oh. expecting it. Oh. Just get her used to your scent. Do not do that. That's assault. Yeah, exactly. It, that was the worst possible advice. So I thought about this that mathematically. Mm-hmm. So like one sprig of mistletoe gives you first base. Beautiful. Right? Beautiful. So two sprigs of mistletoe should get you second base. Correct. Okay. I'm with you. Three for third base. So for fucking, you need four. Yeah. Minimum. Minimum. I think that if you have additional kinks, you might want to put out more, right? That like that might just get you P, uh, you know, P, uh, P and V 
intercourse. But like, if you want to try anal or something, you might need five or six. Yeah, I was gonna um, say you're gonna need one of those like uh, Pinterest girl eucalyptus bundles for your shower, <laughs> but just like kind of hanging. That's the other thing is like, I think you're better off instead of necessarily a doorway. If you have like a little chandelier situation, maybe you know, like a sconce. Also, mm. if you are worried that you are being too unsubtle, you could hang a bunch above your bedroom with a tiny note on it that just says, these are for fucking. <laughs> I, I love it. Just like there's no ambiguity here. No, it's yes. It's very no. much like shoot your shot slash abandon all hope ye who enter here, you know? I mean, it's one or the other. It's one or the other. And isn't yeah. it always? Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I do like having the systematic one. So you go, you know, you explain it. Yes. You're just like, you have to fuck me. This is why it's math. It's just, it's just nature. I mean, it's a plant. Yeah. yeah. And the math checks out. This is what we have to do. It's not a choice at this point. It's just a universal law of the, uh, uh, of the world. Yes. And at that point, if she has a good sense of humor and also cares about math, or he, then they'll get down to business. I have actually now been thinking of this in quite a sincere and serious way, which is how you could do this to a way that actually might lead to sex quite genuinely, mm -hmm. which is you need to make it the funniest visual joke. So if you have a series of like four doorways, first mm. doorway, two, three sprigs, it's cute, it's fun, it's festive. Second doorway, seven or eight springs. Like, you start to notice that there's more. And you're like, this is, what's going on? Third doorway, we start getting silly. Now it's like 20 springs. Now it is literally a bundle. Yeah. And the last doorway has to be like a brick of them, like, <laughs> like bundled together. And then like, like taking up a really absurd, like amount of the doorway. And the indication needs to be like, the like once you get there, you can't avoid the joke that there is yeah. comically increasing numbers of mistletoe, which someone who's clever out there would pick up on and think that was funny. And she might actually fuck you. So you did point out a flaw in my reasoning. I was assuming that the progression was arithmetic. It could be geometric and therefore exponential. I love this. So you might start with one, right? And then wind up with two and then four and then eight and 16. So like for anal, you might need 32. <laughs> yes. You, right? you, you've captured my thought process here, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Also the idea that anyone would know where to find like 50 sprigs of mistletoe. Like that's an interesting person. How do they know where to get all this mistletoe? Where did you get it from? How did you affix it to the ceiling? Like, at this point, it becomes a, a very mechanical and logistical question that I have a lot of questions for. <laughs> so I think that if you chose to go, or it could be fractal, it could be the Fibonacci sequence. Like there are a lot of options <laughs> on how you can you, you can set this up. I think as long as you make it ridiculous, yes, but still systematic, yes, right. I think I think you have a good shot. I actually. I actually love this, and I hope that if someone out there ends up, like, hanging a ludicrous number of mistletoe sprigs, please send us a photo. I would love to see it. Please. 
and then let us know what happened. God. And they're going to be like, I'm in jail now. <laughs> I'm in jail or also, oh God, oh God, there's cum everywhere. I'll never get the cum off of everything. Also, I'm in jail. <laughs> also, yeah, also I'm in jail. Yeah. <laughs> um, or they're in horny jail. Bonk. <laughs> I think all of our listeners are in horny jail officially. I think you're all getting lumps of coal <laughs> in your stockings this year um, because really y'all need like, to find Jesus. For a non-sex podcast, we have possibly the horniest audience in all of podcasting. And I, I think it's because it's, we ha- it's a non-sex podcast. Isn't that the fucking truth? Boy, isn't yeah. that the truth? Like, you gotta blow off steam somehow after, you know, hearing about heavy topics, important things. They were just like, these clearly Matt and Sarah are the proper people to, <laughs> <laughs> to answer uh, these pressing questions. Fuck. Uh, yeah. So, this is the last one in the mailbag. Uh, not the last question we received, but the last one I'm willing to answer. Beautiful. <laughs> On air is actually kind of sweet. It's, what is the best holiday gift you have ever received? And why was it such a good gift? Oh, and this is, uh, this is from listener Thomas Aquinas is a little bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I have an answer like right off the top of my head. Like one thing jumps to mind with no competition, which is, uh, my sister and brother-in-law got me an espresso machine like oh. five years ago. And like, I know that this is supposed to be like super meaningful or whatever, but like I used it every day until it died. Like I've never killed something from overuse before. And I use this goddamn espresso machine. And if you're somebody who like buys Starbucks gift cards or like, you're getting coffee, just like move it. If you move it up further in the chain and uh, number one, you can like reduce a lot of waste. And I am only using my like washable cup and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But like it was, it was and remains cause I killed it and then replaced it. Cause I loved it so much. Like it's still one of the most joy bringing things that you can buy. It makes espresso, Matt. It makes espresso. You drop the thing in and you do the thing and this beautiful tar-colored life-giving Italian elixir flows out the bottom. <laughs> and it happens in 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 seconds and it's a fucking miracle every single time. And I use it every single day and I think about the fact that they gave it to me every single day. And the point being that like Generally, I find that if you give people useful gifts, but like useful and joyful is like the right, like Mm -hmm. vacuum cleaner is bad because vacuuming is not joyful, but it is something that you have to do, right? Like, uh, you need to aim for that intersection of like, use it all the time and it's a pleasurable experience, whatever that means for you. And I have to say like... There are people who are like purists who give Nespresso machines and shit like that. Like they give that crap. Like, no, I only do it by hand. It's like, no, no, no. Espresso is a science, <laughs> not an art. And it's solved. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 
these experts have paid several engineers hundreds of thousands of dollars, cumulatively tens of millions at this point, to make mm-hmm. something that is idiot proof. And it is yeah. so good every time. Yeah. And so a lot of little known fact, a lot of Michelin star restaurants use very nice and top of the line Nespresso machines to make their espresso. Yep. But the reason is, is because it is solved (laughs) and you can buy the pinnacle of human achievement in the art and keep it in your home. Like how amazing is that? Yeah. Also, uh, for again, back to the fucking purists who are like, it's not until it's my mm-hmm. hand. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah. A local co- coffee roaster who uh, I have known since they were a teeny tiny little baby company and grew into this great big local awesome brand that employs a lot of people and pays them fairly. Uh, when they were shopping out, uh, they were starting these mobile coffee bars. And for their money and the time spent, the best value was an automated machine. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, and it made the same consistent, perfect cup of coffee every single time. And wah, 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 I get it, I get it. It's not a goddamn 20-minute motherfucking wait for it to get up to 210, but not 212 degrees. Oh, my God, Matt. Yesterday, a lovely friend, a lovely friend, a lovely, lovely, lovely friend who I've known for a long time who really loves coffee explained to me as he was giving me a sample of his coffee that he roasted this goddamn 12 minute process for brewing a cup of drip coffee and i'm nodding and i'm listening and i'm nodding a whole time i'm thinking like i am not going to do that but okay (laughs) also why it's i don't i'm just not one of these people matt like i'm just not one of these people my friend ruchi is a tea sommelier and it's the coolest fucking thing and i would never have the patience for it and like she does this thing called washing and it's you take the hot water and you pour it over thing but that one that one you pour away that one you throw it away and you only drink the second steep because the first one dissolves the tannins and you gotta pour and i just i love when she does it and explains it i would rather stab myself in the leg (laughs) with a fork than to understand that whole process and it will never be me but i'm so thankful for friends who are willing to do that for me uh i i also think you give great advice here that if there's someone you know who needs then you need a gift idea for them something like an espresso machine is perfect and it will make them think about you every day um and it will probably have a higher probability of success in getting them to fuck you than increasingly ridiculous amounts of mistletoe yeah um also like as a lady who is trying to minimize the amount of just like shit i have laying Mm -hmm. around like when in doubt skip the shit like, just make it something that you use and throw away, right? It's like, so if you're really stumped, no woman on earth has ever been mad about getting a nice smelling candle or some soap. And I know you're like, but the, everybody, do- yeah, everybody does it because it's fucking great. And you take some yeah. nice hot bubble baths and you're like, this was nice. I'm so grateful to this person. And then that's it. Like, or like a really nice bath bomb or something like that, you know, something really useful. I do have to say. As a 16-year-old boy for my 16th birthday, I received a candle as a gift, um, which is not an appropriate present for a 16-year-old boy. (laughs) And I'm looking at this. I want to note I received it from a 16-year-old girl, and I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at her going, but why? (laughs) Why? And neither of us really had an answer. (laughs) 
So I just said, oh, thank you. And then we just never spoke of it again. I want to note, I still have that candle. I still don't know what to do with it. Um, it's just like sitting in storage somewhere right now. Like, what the fuck? Um, so the nicest Christmas gift I probably ever received was a really beautiful pair of Italian leather gloves, right? First of all, practical. Everyone needs nice gloves in the winter, especially Indiana winters, you know, very useful. Second, I wanted like those like beautiful dark gray gloves. Um, cause classy as fuck at the same time. And they're sexy as hell. Like, so they are practical, they are beautiful, they are sexy, awesome, 10 out of 10, just it's, like... It's also a gift yeah. that's not explicitly outfitty or fashion-y, like, there's no, there's no like, style with, with a nice pair of leather gloves, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, oh, these are out of style, it's like, they're leather gloves, like, they're very nice. Secondly, I love those gifts that's, like this is protective, but also makes you look cooler. Like, you know what I mean? Like makes you look cool and polished and like, yeah. It's one of those quiet bits of elegance Mm -hmm. that like someone who's rich, but trying not to look rich (laughs) wears that still makes them look rich. (laughs) Right. Yes. And that was really nice. It also was precisely what I wanted and needed at the time. Uh, did not take up extra space, did yep. not add the clutter, and was not a candle. Um, again, great for women. Yeah. For a uh, straight dude like me. What the fuck? <laughs> um, and uh, so I'm just saying, for anyone who has a man in their life, um, or or woman who would like the sa- same thing, um, something along those lines... Uh, a little piece of elegance and utility yes. all at once. Um, that is, it's an exquisite gift. It's lovely. I highly recommend it. Um, I want to say that the second thing, I want to say, Ivan, there's another one. I have this beautiful leather laptop case mm-hmm. that looks very elegant and lovely. It's also large enough to carry my laptop and all my other shit in without looking like I'm a, a 21-year-old college student. <laughs> um, that is also another lovely, beautiful uh, gift that I received that was very thoughtful, very useful, but again, a little bit of class, a little bit of elegance along with the utility. I was going to say, we we have kind of a theme going here, which is like, can't go wrong with leather goods. You know, like, Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, if I could plug a local company here that is doing something that's so fucking rad, but uh, Howl and Hyde is a local leather making brand that's like independent, like teaches... Like, people actually learn leather-making skills, and the guy who owns it isn't a dick if you want to, like, leave and make your own leather shit. That's Um, awesome. But they just put out this line that's called the Grocery Line, and it's all these handmade leather bags that look like food. So, like, one is, like, a pizza, and one looks like a um, T-bone steak. And the point is, leather is great because as it ages, it's going to weather, and it's going to get patina on it, which is, like, what makes leather leather. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know... If you're looking for dude stuff and it's, oh, also veg leather. If it's like a vegan person who doesn't use uh, veg leather is fucking great. Now it wears the same as leather. It patinas the same as leather. It's awesome. So just, just get that. That's, that's amazing. And I, I, I want to thank all of our listeners for a really 
unusual set of questions. <laughs> y'all, weird. y'all weird. Like, seriously, y'all need to touch grass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, or another person, or I don't know. I don't consensually, know. Consensually. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's been, uh, uh, I'm going to end with a question that uh, is from me to you. Yes. Um, this is from uh, host Matt to host uh, Sarah. So what are some, what what's like the one or two things this year that you're really, really thankful for that brought joy to you in 2023? Oh, there's so much to choose from. Once again, there's so much to choose from. But like, I feel like this year, I really leveled up in my personal capacity to effectively solve problems, but also not betraying my emotional state. And out of that, uh, really it is like the enrichment of my relationships this year has just been like incredible. Like, um, uh, when you are when you're used to being a people pleaser, like shedding that facade of like, no, no, I'm fine. Everything's actually fine. And it's great. It's like really scary because like, what if everyone's mad at me? Uh, yeah. And that's not ever anytime. That's not what happens. Uh, but I'm really thankful because like I can't have that without the conversations that I have with people like you, with, you know, the people that I love, with my friends. Um, and. I am just really, really thankful that I have curated a culture and a group of friends where emotional honesty and kindness uh, are center to all of our conversations, all of our conflicts, all the changes. Like, it's really a blessing to be surrounded by people who are growing and want you to grow too. And uh, this year I've really felt sort of the effects of that. And I'm so thankful. So thank you to you because you are a huge part of that. Thank you. That's really lovely. And uh, it's funny because my answer is kind of the same. Um, Yeah. That this is the first year in a long time where I felt like professionally and personally, I am where I want to be. Yeah. Um, That, Obviously, nothing's perfect, yeah. but I look at the relationships that I have with family and friends and a significant other. I look at my work, and they're all meaningful and moving forward and joyful Yeah. Um, in a way that has not always been the case of those of you who knew when I was, you know, doing more direct legal stuff, like, it was not joyful for me, <laughs> um, but, like... I had uh, a very good friend who had heart surgery recently that went really, really well, but I had the time and the space to, you know, like move a day around so I could be there to like help uh, drive her to the hospital beforehand and then care for her son that evening. And like um, being able to just do that and not have any stress about like money or any shit like that, just be like being able to have more of myself to give to others. Um, And for those of you out there who like, you know, are where I was a while ago, which was dealing with how do I fill other people's cup if my cup is empty? The answer is you don't. Yeah. That you have to focus on getting yourself full so you have something to give. And I just I want to thank you because, again, this podcast and our friendship has always been 
a huge part of getting me through both the good times and then enjoying uh, getting through the bad times and enjoying the good times. Um, So I just want to thank you. Um, And I also want to thank our listeners because there are times when uh, this podcast, recording this podcast, hearing from all of you was one of like the only great things that (laughs) I had going on uh, at the time. So even though we joke that you're all a whole whole bunch of heathens uh, (laughs) and you are, but so are we. Like, uh, I, I know that Sarah and I are just deeply grateful uh, for all of you for letting us not just scream into the void. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say, it's been such a huge, honestly, like a huge relief more than anything that having this podcast and growing, I don't know, fuck all about like our actual numbers or audience size, but like, it's so it feels so good like you just like you said to like not feel like we're screaming into the void because like I think when we first started recording together it was because it was kind of out of this collective sense of just like what the fuck what the fuck excuse me I just have one more question and it is what the fuck yeah uh and having a group of listeners who listen to our bullshit and also feel the same that we feel makes me feel a lot more grounded and not like I'm uh, in invasion of the body snatchers. Just like, it's you, it's you. (laughs) Like it's, I feel, I feel edified. So thank you to our listeners. You horny little weirdos. (laughs) And we don't want you to change. No, no. Um, So that's going to do it for us. Oh, sorry. Before we do the, all that thing, go to metalhoney.com. Yes. So, go, go to Metal Honey because a bitch is tired. So I worked all night and my feet hurt. So just go order the honey. Order it. Buy it. And, I'll and also, it, it fits all of our criteria for an excellent gift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's delicious as hell. Um, <laughs> I'm actually I'm gonna be making my honey garlic zatar chicken this holiday yes. season uh, to feed a whole bunch of friends at a uh, ugly sweater party. Yes. And I'm gonna be using sweet stinger um, because it is. I have decided it's the perfect honey for that particular recipe. Thank you um, so much. That's very meaningful to me. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, a whole bunch of people in ugly sweaters are gonna descend upon that poor poor chicken. <laughs> <laughs> like a pack of wolves. Um, and it's going to be amazing. Awesome. So this really is going to do it for us this week. Uh, this has been the Perpetual Stew. I'm Matthew Goodman. And I'm Sarah Merle. And until next time, stay curious. Bye.